Today's show is about Hitchhiker's Guide. I've never picked up a hitchhiker. Cause I'm afraid that they would kill me. If you've got a good hitchhiker story, write us an email at bedscienceatseeker.com. Grab some popcorn, some bunch of crunch, your lab coat, and a microscope. This is Bad Science. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and this is the show that breaks down the science of movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we are discussing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from 2005, originally a science fiction comedy radio series written by Douglas Adams, broadcast in the UK by BBC Radio 4 in 1978. The series was the first radio comedy program to be produced in stereo and was innovative in its use of music and sound effects, winning a number of awards. And I don't know if this is legal or whatever, but you can actually listen to it on a podcast. I searched for it in my podcast app and found it very quickly. So please check it out because it is very, very cool. I have not listened to the whole thing. Honestly, the movie is my kind of intro into this world, but who cares what I think? Let's take a listen to our two Ford Prefect guests. That's a reference from the movie. Our first guest is a friend of mine of over a decade. He's an actor, musician you've seen in Glow, and he's the co-founder of J.C. Pinney's, a company which makes awesome pop culture, horror-centric enamel pins, Alec James Maluski. I'm here, everybody. Look out. I made it. Whoa. Look out. Yeah, look out. They have to look out. Hey, how's it going? Maybe a, a nicer intro. I'm great, Alec. How are you, my friend? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, you are absolutely welcome. Thanks for the, the pin shout out as well. Oh, dude, of course. I love the pins. Where can people get the pins? Let's just get that out there right now. Uh, we got a big cartel. We have an Instagram, JC Pennies. <laughs> it sounds like JC Penny. We did that on purpose. Oh, good. J-C-P-I-N-N-I-E-Z, because we're cool. Yep. You get them on there. Or if you want to go to Burbank, Blast from the Past, Cool Storm Burbank carries all our pins. Oh, all right. Make your way to Burbank, Burbank no matter area. where you are in the country. Yeah, get over to Burbank. Yeah. So our other guest I'm super excited to have on the show. She is a biomedical engineer, a stand-up comedian, an improviser, an actor, and a writer, Palavi Gunala. Hi. No. Nope. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I said it wrong. Palavi Gunalan. It's closer. Yeah, it's uh, Palavi Gunalan. But that's oh, totally my fine. We're keeping Palavi it in. Gunalan. This is how the magic gives me <laughs> you're seeing how the sausage is made here ladies and gentlemen it's not always pretty and sometimes it takes me three attempts that's offensive i'm a vegetarian how dare you <laughs> oh, that's how wow. the eggplant is made oh delicious <laughs> are you offended as a vegetarian that eggplant now has this sexual connotation no nah, because i'll eat either you know what i mean huh people oh, hey, hey oh, are we am i allowed to say that how am i allowed to swear on i the love podcast? it <laughs> it's yes. science. Okay, you it's, are it's biology Excellent. it's all <laughs> it's all biology uh you're coming in hot making it a rated r show and i love it you we're Listen, pressing the boundaries there's one thing i've always said as a scientist it's that i don't want the kids to learn about this turn them off immediately the youth does not deserve to be educated they need to earn that yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're talking about hitchhiker's guy 
Guide to the Galaxy. Alec, I'd love to hear from you first because you're kind of my go-to sci-fi dude. Really, you're kind of my go-to film dude. So what, what were your thoughts on the film? Did you first see it back in 2005 or did you watch it for the show? So I was thinking about it. I definitely saw it around 2005. I remember seeing the trailers and being like, this, is all, this looks so cool. I don't think I saw it in 2005. I was in high school. You don't really need to know how old I am. That's a little hint. Don't Google it. Um, so I had seen it then. I remember loving it. So I rewatched it two days ago just to get a refresher. Mm-hmm. And I love the movie. It's so good. I, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, if there was like an astronaut, if, the, if this was a movie, an astronaut in space just like floating, I'd buy, I'd go see that in IMAX. If that's all the movie was, I love space. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this movie was great. It was fantastic. And I love all the British actors. You know, Warwick Davis was in this and like Martin Freeman. It's just the cast is wonderful. Yeah. Naive. You know, it's just the cast is great. I was stunned by the cast. I got to yeah. comment on that because I knew that like Martin Freeman was in it, but most deaf and most deaf. I, I mean, believe he goes by Yasin Bey now. Oh, excuse oh. me. <laughs> I'm an old school fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like old, old most deaf. Yeah. For me to see him in any movie is exciting. But Sam Rockwell and Zoe Deschanel and I I mean, yeah. everybody's in this. Well, yeah, weird, weirdest episode of... Well, actually, no, the coolest episode of New Girl I've ever seen. <laughs> this so true. Thomas Lennon, previous guest of the show, was the voice of the spaceship, I think, or the yes, computer. he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, was him. Yeah. Oh, man, I yes. didn't know anything about the cast, and when I, I, I was just perfect. I was so excited when I saw every person get added as the movie went on, because I hadn't seen the movie before. Yeah, you hadn't it seen so it since... Uh, or you haven't seen it at all. I hadn't seen it at all. It at all. I read time. the book, because I love reading sci-fi, but... But uh, I hadn't oh, cool. I hadn't seen that. I loved the, the book is in, like reading is incredible. And it's so like easily accessible compared to like other sci fi books. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I had read it. I had never heard the radio version or seen the like there was an older movie, too. I hadn't seen that either or the 2005 movie. So like I tuned in. I had no idea who the cast was <laughs> going to be. I had no idea what it was going to be like. And it was incredible. And it like took enough of the book to like capture the feeling of it. Yeah, it really feels like, I mean, I- I'm coming from a place I didn't, hear the radio series before i didn't read the books or whatever but i did get that sense that i'm missing out uh recommended it. it's just a real silly i mean is there a sillier sci-fi movie i don't know it's so silly it's so silly but it, it says so much it does say so much i think sci-fi it's usually like alien or like some like scary alien stuff or it's i guess time travel does that fall under sci-fi science sure. fiction? there's still like there's still like isaac asimov and like you know uh, other things mm-hmm. that kind of fit within like the robot genre but it's never like yeah as, it, yeah it's definitely not as silly and it has like a much more serious undertone but this one like it does have like serious implications the things that he came up with in 1978 the things that he predicted that like actually happened like the book being an ipad basically or right. you know like AI and all of that stuff. Uh, and then also the fact that the most important thing that you'd need is a towel is like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's crazy that it's like, he's like, yeah, in the end, we're going to be addicted to iPads, but uh, you're just going to still need something as simple as a towel, like however totally. long from now. I don't know. I thought it was just like, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I love how certain things get enhanced or evolve. Like, you know, every year we have a new piece of technology that like destroys the previous year. And yet, 
since I don't even know how long, towels are basically the same and <laughs> they're still just as useful. You really just need a towel. There's no replacing it. They try to update the technology with like the, the faster self-drying towel and you're like, this is just a different type of towel. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, don't mess with me. You're charging me double for the same towel. Yeah. If we could replace the towel with the Back to the Future jacket that just blow dries itself, but for your body, that would be cool. Yeah, but then... We're, like a robe? I guess you're right, but there is something annoying about like even using a yeah. hair dryer. Like it's loud. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. It runs on something. But even if you got rid of all of those uh, annoyances, uh, people are still going to revert to the towel. <laughs> they're gonna, they're sure. still going to be like, yeah. this is just what I know and easier and I don't have to deal with any technology. Yeah, exactly. Who invented the towel? Man, that's a great question. Probably some woman it. that a man took credit from. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah Mrs. Indeed. Cynthia Towel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the answer to that by the end of the show, I'm sure. Awesome. Okay, so once they're on this spaceship that Sam Rockwell's character, the president, I can't remember his name. because Zaphod. Yeah, okay, Zaphod. thank you. Yes, Zaphod. Once they're on his spaceship, well, the spaceship that he stole, yep. one of the pieces of tech that's kind of cool is this knife that toasts bread as you cut it. Oh, Genius. man, yeah. I remember thinking about that and being like, we could be there now. So we kind of are there now, guys. <laughs> I did a little research, and there are people on YouTube that do this, and it's really not that complicated. They essentially just, just like, knife. yeah, they just yeah. torch a knife to like a thousand degrees and then start cutting bread, and it toasts it. It's pretty cool. We did it. We're there. <laughs> but I think that the, I mean, we're there, but it's like, it's not accessible to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, they like, don't sell it. Yeah. It's like when we, how we're constantly complaining about like jetpacks and hoverboards and it's like it's kind of out there but like we don't the average man doesn't get it and so definitely not the average woman you 100%. know like <laughs> yeah they have hoverboards but honda doesn't make them yeah they're... what the hell the hell honda the f yeah there, honda there will be no freedom until honda makes hoverboards <laughs> yeah let's make a pact right now in this podcast if helpful honda hits us up like we want a hoverboard correct that's it yeah a hover car family we don't have hover cars or hoverboards. Can we get those? Thanks. Yeah. And also, whatever pact you want to make, I'm down already. I don't even care okay, what it is. Man. I feel okay. very behind on this friendship. I feel like <laughs> I have a lot to catch up on. Could both of you say one deep, dark secret about yourself that you've only shared with the other person? Oh, my goodness. Holy hell. <laughs> I'm um, going to turn this podcast on its head. Yeah, this is going to be rated R again. <laughs> I mean, uh, both went no. silent. You said no. No, thanks. Okay, I have a feeling this friendship <laughs> is going poorly, so I'm just going to bail and we can go back to talking about the movie. <laughs> it's all right. No, the friendship will heal. I mean, Alec, we could talk about that dude we killed at the Denny's. Oh, but who hasn't yeah. killed a dude at a Denny's? Come yeah, I know that's why we didn't need to bring it up because come on. Yeah, you get all that. That's that called the syrup in you. You get the real grand, stab. The grand stab. <laughs> the grand stab. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, don't want to order that. Okay, so I have some interesting research here on lemons because there's a part where they put like a thinking cap on. Mm -hmm. Zaphod, am I saying that right yes. now? Yeah. Where mm -hmm. it's powered by like lemon juice, essentially. There's like a, a lemon juicer, I guess, on his head. And so, yeah, he like gets this juice into his brain and then now he's able to like function better for about 10 minutes. So apparently it's kind of true. There's like a bunch of really great benefits from drinking lemon water and just like having lemon in your diet. You guys know about this? I've heard that too. For some reason, I went down this YouTube hole of like <laughs> YouTube influencer types 
hot dudes, like their morning routines, like I get up, I meditate, I breathe for half an hour, I get some warm lemon water. Like all of them do that. Mm -hmm. They really do do it. And I think that's accurate. The rest, I don't know. They're all like the most attractive men I've ever seen, just like living the dream in their beautiful beds. I'm like, that's not how it is. But the lemon water, I've heard is fantastic for your diet. Well, like, I want to know what day. else is in their routines now, and I want you to do it in that voice. <laughs> they get up in the morning, and they just No, sit no, up do it in first person, Alec. Come on. I get up in the morning, and I sit up in bed, and I read a chapter out of Stephen Hawking's The Universe book, and <laughs> I go to my kitchen with my slippers and robe and get my warm lemon water and take a sip. It's good for your entire system your body and soul i sit out on my porch in malibu and i look at the ocean and just think wow and then yeah get in my tesla and get some starbucks it's incredible that was the exact scene that alec did in glow too that's incredible yeah, that was so it. weird it is, I, you know I, I i had to pull from like a a personal experience yeah so yeah yeah these guys really are not shy about how rich they are either you really <laughs> they aren't all no you know they got it they might as well flaunt it i mean that's like that's the thing that bugs me about like uh, the self-help things and like tiktok and all of that it's like a bunch of rich people who were like what like what new experiments can i perform on myself that makes me feel smart <laughs> like yeah. every yeah. every week or whatever apparently it works people love it i mean yeah people yeah people love that people love looking at pretty rich people i will give you that yes yeah <laughs> they do 100 percent. but the lemon water is a constant thing is that so what is that what led you to it. this youtube hole or were you youtubing uh hot rich YouTube? and then that led you to the lemon thing right yeah it was the hot rich dudes then to the lemon so we ended up in a good place. Isn't okay, it just good for like vitamin C or is there like... Yes, it does have a lot of vitamin C. Apparently it does nourish the brain, nerve cells. It improves your immune system. It balances pH levels. It helps inflammation. It strengthens the liver. It can fight off cancer. It's just like an all around, we should all be having more lemon. I feel like I am promoting lemon. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. Okay, then there's another machine in that same knife toaster room that produces a food that you crave. You just like put your head in. For her, a donut comes out because she, I guess she's like craving a donut. And then she doesn't eat it, so it was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, incorrect. Maybe she's just resisting. I don't know. But if you decide not to eat it, would it make it at all? You know? And also, <laughs> yeah. like, I understand that he's like jealous and trying to say like, oh, this guy's not all that and this tech isn't all that. But if you saw that machine for the first time, how do you not stick your head in it? I mean, he didn't really react to any of the technology. Like once he got into space, like once he like was on that ship uh, as a stowaway, he like immediately snapped out of it. They were like, we can't have you confused for the rest of the movie. We have a plot to push, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's true. I would be so blown away by that technology. I'd be, I'd be toasting bread. Yeah. I'd be sticking my head in things. I would be like, to, like the movie would have been like a, like a week long because I would have just been exploring the technology <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we're that, that's basically like neural probes, uh, you know, like being able to detect uh, like cravings or thoughts or, you you know, that's we're like kind of like we're building that technology already. It's just in, incredibly oh. invasive and also like uh, gets rejected. The main, number one thing with neural probes is that they get like rejected from your your brain, your neurons. Basically, they get isolated by the protective cells in your brain. So it's like harder for them to read signals. Um, hmm. But we like I mean, we're kind of like moving along in that direction where we like are able to like 
find out like what people are thinking and like how it's all just like based on um neural signals so that's like when i as soon as i saw that i was like ah they figured out neural probes in the movie why do our brains reject it they don't want other people to know what's inside no 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 no. it's just the like right now neural probes are invasive like you insert that you insert an electrode into into brain tissue and your brain and your bodies are built to like protect you so they see a foreign object and they immediately put a scar around it and what's known as like a you have astroglia and and microglia these are protective uh, cells in your brain that are not neurons and uh, they like form the astroglia form a scar and then the microglia go in and they try to like isolate it further and um and so then it defeats the purpose because then it like pushes the neurons away and that's like the biggest problem with with neural probes right now is our bodies are fighting them because they don't know that we intend to use them. Okay, so you're saying that we have the tech to be able to kind of read each other's thoughts, but it's still analog. It's still an eight track. We can only like physically touch each other's brains to do it. We can't we can't Bluetooth it. Well, there's um, there's like electrodes that you stick on top of the brains that uh, read like wave signals and stuff. But the things that people use to like uh, there's a there's technology where there's prosthetic arms and you can move them by thinking. Oh, right. Those ones are like neural probe based. Right. So like deeper. Um, and then there's like Parkinson's disease where you stimulate and record and you, the stimulation uh, like alleviates the shaking. You can see videos online of people, uh, you know, Parkinson's patients where they're shaking and then they stop shaking because of the stimulation. And they're not quite sure how some of this works. Like they don't know all the details of how it, you know, fully alleviates that um, that symptom. But they know that it, it works for, for these patients. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Is that a mass produced? Is it? Is it? You there know, are commercially capable? available probes, and there have been for years. Um, but there's also people like this. Is what I worked on for my master's at Carnegie Mellon. Oh. Uh, I worked on designing a different type of probe uh, where the insertion and the basically there would be like less damage, so that it'd be more effective. Um, but yeah, the University of Utah has a certain probe design. There's a probe design out of the University of Michigan, and these have been like commercialized for a while. Um, so like there are a lot of like veterans and stuff that are benefiting from the prosthetic limb thing. And then there's deep brain stimulation, which Parkinson's patients uh, benefit from and like a, a whole bunch of other applications. So that's the thing that's that's happening is like we're able to like read and process neural signals and like affect change in uh, these patients. Um, wow. But it's like we're not we're not at the point where, you know, you could find out what somebody wants to eat and then <laughs> make it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, Okay, so towards the end, it's like revealed that Earth has been created by like a group of men who were like commissioned and paid by mice. So not only was the Earth created, but there's another Earth, thank God, Earth Mark II, which, you know, they're like just finishing towards the end of the movie. And, you know, we've talked about like terraforming a little bit on this pod before, but I guess I think it's important to just reiterate how impossible it is to create a planet, right? Yeah, it's crazy impossible. But um, one thing that's like really cool is that uh, my dad's a civil engineer and I was at one of his conferences and they were talking about how to deal with like the, the climate change uh, crisis. And instead of um, being in denial about it, uh, they did what engineers do and they tried to like find solutions for it, which are man-made islands where, that are self-sustainable 
Uh, it's called like, yep. you can look up future world vision, but they have like these, this like VR thing that you can go through and like a tour of like what it would be designed to what, what they would need at different decades throughout the two thousands, basically. So like how many, like 50 years from now, what do they need? How do you have like sustainable fishing and stuff? But it's like you're creating, uh, islands so that you can handle all like the coastal damage and everything that's going to happen uh and and allow those islands to like deal with like surface like rising uh, ocean levels etc cetera, etc cetera. uh palavi i'm looking at futureworldvision.org right now and i love it yeah it's so cool <laughs> It, it's it's like such a it's such a dope tour because like whoa yeah he's going on a trip you guys <laughs> uh, futureworldvision.org guys get on it and let's make this happen I'm sick of current world vision yeah that's um the American Society of Civil Engineers uh that's my dad my dad was president of that this year Damn. they collaborated with this company that the guy from my who like did all the graphics for like Minority Report and like all of these other uh, cool movies like uh worked on uh, like he's part of that company and he like uh helped make this this looks sick <laughs> yeah yes please <laughs> it's just it's just yes, like please. A table for two i thought i thought the like most like badass thing of it was they were like listen we just gotta build this because people we don't care about the politics mm -hmm. people are gonna be doing what they're gonna be doing but we're civil engineers we have to plan for this let's get started yeah. you know like that sort of thing. Yeah, well, and, and the, the proof is in the pudding, too, because that's kind of the issue a lot of times with climate change is that it doesn't happen in like a concrete way that's just super boiled down and basic for people. And when I say people, I mean half the country yeah, yeah. to just like agree with and understand. But if you can just build this future world island, then people be like, oh, I see. It's all awesome and yeah. it all runs without destroying the environment and i love it here what's going and on it's like it's like rebuild it it's like a science island but it, but there's also problematic stuff with this too um i i was like where are they where are you gonna put homeless people like the rich people are gonna get there first and then and mm -hmm. like like they're they're you know how do you build yeah. um like medic stations how like what are hospitals look like are they they thought you know they might be like personalized robots um in your house that deal with like a lot of different issues and then only in like severe cases of emergency that they haven't accounted for do you go to the hospital it's you know because you have to like account for like space space is the most uh sought after resource here because they're going to be like islands right so you can't um have these expansive uh buildings uh yeah. or or things that are inefficient space wise um so that's like that's something there are like a ton of things that you need to consider and also like segregation with islands like i i always go to like the humanity problems because uh, a lot of times nerds don't deal with that as much because they think of it in like an idealistic way. So like, right. those were the things when I saw this, I was like, they're like, where are the homeless people going to be? Cause there's going to be people who can't afford these uh, fancy apartments with robots, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. We need shelters in place. Yeah, and you don't want to put them on right, like some right. Island that doesn't get resources. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the first thing that rich people are going to do. You know, they're going to be like, Oh, yeah. well, we put them on an Island. Uh, they oh, yeah. have no capabilities of like fishing or whatever, but we don't have to deal with them. So there you go. You know, like you, you don't want um, that sort of uh, segregation of classes and stuff like that. But it's like, but in terms of just like the mechanics, and like uh, the logistical stuff. It's like a pretty cool thing to explore. It looks very cool. And in order to take care of all of these, uh, you know, hum humanitarian issues that may come up, I know of the perfect philanthropic company to take care of that stuff. Honda. <laughs> they, they exist to help. Am I right? That's what the H in Honda is for. 
That's right. That's right. The H stands for help. Help. The rest is Onda. (laughs) The rest was actually somebody's name. It was a person named Onda. That's correct. I'm a scientist. So, okay, there's the point of view gun. If you haven't seen it, it's a gun that when you shoot it at somebody, they like instantly understand your point of view i loved how they presented this like with the graphics and i love the graphics in between everything like the actual hitchhiker's guide Mm -hmm. uh like how it you know like it's you assume it's like what he's looking at in his his guide or whatever and i loved the little animation of the lady shooting her husband with the point of view gun (laughs) it made me so happy it's very like feminist they like that that whole part that whole scene was like oh she was like i don't need you to shoot me with a gun i'm a woman i have empathy (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, he knew back then that men don't. <laughs> yeah, he was a genius. Was great. And I was just curious if you guys had thoughts on what do you think is the quickest or most effective way to actually make someone see your point of view? Because that's a that's a difficult thing. Uh, that's hard. Thank you. That's real hard. I don't want to get political, but it's like especially hard right now to get anyone to listen. Right. To have like it's just a conversation. So. I think it's like really, I'm very bad at it. I like yell mm. at people a lot. Um, yeah, but, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I like, I, I bully people into like donating and stuff. It's pretty fun. Um, but <laughs> I think um, one thing that, again, uh, it, this is a woman thing, but also for like any group of minorities, I think it's like really frustrating uh, when people don't believe exactly what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. they apply previous um experiences to the interactions they're having now which often like i mean that's what we were evolved to do is to like learn from past experiences but it's often very frustrating when those experiences are like stereotypes right so like i've I've seen this a lot in like uh heterosexual relationships with like that my friends have had and that i have had um where like the, like I, every, I've, I've, I was talking to my friend recently about this. Um, every male interaction we've had that recently that's gone poorly is because the the guy does not communicate because he thinks of several different scenarios of how we would react, and then tries to get ahead of them, and mm-hmm. then applies like what he thinks would work for some situation he's built in his head when at, he could have just said what he felt in the moment and it would not have caught and it like would not have caused all this tr- trouble but because he doesn't believe a person at what they're saying that causes all the issues and i think that happens a lot with like the example that's brought up a lot is like uh black women in um medicine or you know with with medical issues and stuff like they don't get believed at their word and you know different i think that of just like listening to what like the words people are saying without applying any sort of filter to it would help yeah that's very well said i mean yeah i i think also just trying not to basically contradicting the first thing that you said which is to like (laughs) yell at somebody or get pissed off you know even if you are because i was doing like uh, phone banking and oh man and, and, and you know sometimes it can be somewhat challenging to just remain totally i had to change my name I had to say my name was Paula so people wouldn't hang up on me. Both <laughs> wow. like right. in both parties. And I was like, listen, liberals, we got a lot of work to do. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's I, I I think it's something we're all gonna have to get better at and hopefully we do because I don't I don't see this gun coming out anytime soon. Yeah, I was gonna say the solution is build the gun. So Honda. Honda. I, also, <laughs> I also love that it was um a gun. 
It was like, yeah. this is the only way you're going to trick men into empathy is build a weapon yeah. for love. Like <laughs> yep. make them think it's violence. Yeah, yep. it's true. That makes sense. That yeah. works. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. I looked up all this other stuff on like parallel universes. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and, like AI and stuff. I don't yes. know if you care about that. I, I, uh, I care about that a bunch, yes. Did you know Stephen Hawking, um, one of the last things he published was a theory about how parallel universes could be could exist? Because parallel universes could take like many forms. They could be like separated. Well, the idea of a universe is like dependent on like the context of how you're talking about it. Mm -hmm. So it could mean like everything or it could be like what we perceive or like what we have access to. Mm -hmm. But the way they present themselves, there's all these different ways parallel universes could exist. But it's it's hard to even study them because like do our science rules apply to them and then if they don't can we acknowledge their existence even if we're not able to like quantify or reproduce our studies of them right mm -hmm. um so then hawking and uh, i think it was like hertog the hawking hertog uh thing that they submitted i think it was like right before he died in 2018 um the, yeah, the hawked dog <laughs> uh, said that they would have to have the same like laws of physics in order for us to be able. I don't know if it was like in order for us to be able to study them, but it, like parallel universes, whatever you want to call them, would have to have the same laws of physics, which I was like, that's interesting. And also like, how do we know? <laughs> like, because yeah, how, how do know? you? Well, I mean, he knew apparently, but like, you know, I'm sure there's, like there's like a lot of math and physics I don't understand. But like, mm. it's the concept of like the most consistent thing about science is a scientific method. But it's like, mm. if you take that away, is it can it be like, is there a different type of science? Whoa. Like, it's you know what I mean? Like, right. if, there, yeah. if there's something we can't perceive or understand, that yeah. was like really interesting. Um, and then I started getting really into like remembering what string theory was. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but that yeah i, mean, I, I don't know that was cool. I, I, I it's like kind of comforting to think about in a way that there are other realities that the human race is in right yeah, i like guess another earth well or what string what is the string theory i've heard of it so string theory is just like a way of connecting uh quantum mechanics which mm -hmm. is uh which deals with like physics on a very like uh small subatomic uh, particle a level with relativistic physics which is like larger things moving faster and so it's like a way to like connect the two and string theory is like everything's made of tiny little vibrating strings and that's like how it answers a lot of the, the like physics questions uh that kind of relate these like small slow i think like slower moving particles with faster moving larger things mm -hmm. um but it's like string theory also like allows for membranous parallel universes where it's like a 2d thing and we're like there's a possibility we could be like living on the surface of this like 2d membrane and there's like other membranes nearby and like the way to measure that My is membranes. like yeah <laughs> i don't know how else to put it but the way to measure like if we're on one is to like smash protons uh together and mm -hmm. see if they like lose energy as they leave the surface of our membrane but it's yeah. like I, I was like i was diving deep into this because i was like uh, you forgot all the science from college go back into it and then i was like oh man there's so much i want to read but i don't know it's just really cool to think of because like when they're traveling through the improbability drive mm -hmm. and they like right. They like switch through all these things of like what they could be. I thought that was really well done visually, by the way. Like <laughs> totally. the time they turned into like yarn, and then he, <laughs> his hand 
was still yarn, but then he turned into a person as he was pulling the yarn out of his mouth. I was like, that was, that's a fun day on set. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's the idea of being like other things or other things existing in parallel universes. Those are like two different sides of it, but. Yeah. Would it, do you think help people remember all this stuff if Alec and I made an album called String Theory and go mm -hmm. with me here, but we replaced exactly. the lyrics of a bunch of like early 2000s pop punk with explanations of quantum mechanics and all the instruments are string instruments. How about Tell that? This has not been done by an improv troupe before. Yeah, but that probably sucked. <laughs> We're going to get... Yeah, yours is going to yeah. be way better. We're going like, to get it like yeah. orchestras. Yeah, or just a lot of guitars, a lot of mando, yes. lin. Mando banjo. Yes. Lin. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know why. I, I, just, I thought people wouldn't know if I said mando, if you know what I was saying. I'm not talking about the Mandalorian. I'm talking... <laughs> mandolins here <laughs> if i got i already have some lyrics if i could sit you down we'll talk string theory yes. oh God. <laughs> yes. that, huh? i don't know if that was the 90s but 2000s i think it's 2000s okay. yeah and yellow card is at the top of the list so that was Sick. excellent can i talk about one more thing i'm sorry i looked this up i want to apologize no. this is great yeah um so there's like there's artificial intelligence which is anything that can like recreate uh how like how a human would like think kind of Skynet. and then within that there's machine learning where it like learns on its own and then within that when it's multi-level uh neural networks uh you know recreating how uh we like learn things um that's deep learning so like that's why they keep naming things like deep something and that's why that one was named deep thought Ooh. and then also uh what was interesting is like how many years it took for deep thought to come up with stuff and then make the other computer right because <laughs> if Quantum computing, I assume, would move that along faster. Yeah, that was but, a really long time. Like, I thought it was really cool. Uh, even though he presented it as a robot, he still like, kind of accounted for these other little like Easter eggs of neural networks and artificial intelligence. But I also think it's funny that Marvin was depressed. Yeah. <laughs> the closer we get to humanity, the closer we get to depression. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to ask about Marvin. How, how close are we to getting robots that have feelings uh i think it's gonna be a while because like right now we can't use uh deep we can't use like artificial intelligence to properly like have self-driving cars like there's like way too many accidents and, and too many variables and stuff so in terms of like them being able to perceive the world accurately and uh react accordingly like we don't even know like how they're learning yeah uh, in a way like the the things Man. that they perceive we don't have cases to account for and that's why like some of the the car accidents have happened so we're still winning so in in terms of like <laughs> deploying that it's gonna be like a long time yeah. i think yeah there's like way too many variables that like we don't even realize that they're taking it in in a certain way that information and processing it mm. like there was i forget there was like car accidents that happened that killed someone that was like how like light bounced off a sign or something oh, and hmm. the car perceived it as something that we like never would have thought it would have perceived. like it's just a case that like we never would have thought of i say we like i'm on the team developing it uh, listen guys <laughs> here at honda we did not mean to make a car that killed someone <laughs> well you did no um <laughs> but yeah it's just like there's like way too many factors in terms of things that could go wrong i think for that to be employed in a home how close are we to having a robot that can just play a paranoid android by radiohead for me while following me around you have siri in your 
Perfect. Um, so that we have. Good to go. I'm good to go, then. I'm set. Like if Siri has the rights to Radiohead's material. I, I don't know if she does. It's going to get edited out of this podcast because we don't even have the rights yeah, to we don't say have the, the word. I can't say Radiohead on the podcast. <laughs> I wish I could. I can say Honda a million times. Radiohead, off limits. No, canceled. Well, uh, listen, guys, this was absolutely fascinating. I feel like this movie was just the tip of the iceberg into the actual Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So I feel like I need to get on this radio series and these oh, yeah. books. I think there's you five books. read it. It's so good. It's, I don't know. I loved it when I read it and then watching the movie was such a delight. Yeah, it seems super fun. Yeah. This guy's a genius. Alec, where can people check you out? Are you, where's your YouTube uh, Vine Malibu meditation account located? Yeah, well, if you're in Malibu at any time, just stop by. I'm on the coast. I'll be meditating out of my porch, but... <laughs> If you just zesty, um, it's, it's definitely zesty. Um, if you just look up Alec James Maluski, I just I'm on YouTube. That's my YouTube channel. Instagram, follow me. I do silly stuff. Yes, very silly, and very I love silly. you for it. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome, buddy. Uh, Palavi. Should I leave? Um, no. Uh, hi. Not just yet. <laughs> there will be bonus material, and it will get weird. Awesome. Um, I'm <laughs> Paula Viganalan, and I'm going to spell that because you need it. P a l l a v i g u n a l a n. That's my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok, Ada.com, uh, and that's my website. Can I plug some volunteer things that I'm doing? Hell yeah. Plug it okay. all. I uh, am exec co-executive director of a nonprofit that started in March that's working to make open source medical devices, including a ventilator and an air purifier that was originally targeted uh, to or like a purifier so that you can uh, breathe pure air uh, rather than wear like a mask or something. Um, uh, that was originally started uh, to address the pandemic, but is now looking to uh, fuck up the medical device industry long term so that things are more accessible and affordable to people <laughs> everywhere. Um, and that's called Respira Works, R-E-S-P-I-R-A Works. And you can look us up and you could donate to us or you could join our team as a volunteer. It's all volunteers where we need wow. like C++ people. We need other people. Um, even if you're not uh, engineering, like we need um, people to help with like fundraising and social media and all that other stuff. Um, and then I have another thing that I'm doing. I have a, like a mailing list uh, and it's like to support Black Lives. But as part of that, I started running the tu this tutoring initiative where we match um, black students with uh, volunteer tutors and they just get free tutoring. And we're up to like 50 students now. And so like, if you uh, want to volunteer tutor, we have like a lot of elementary school kids through high school kids, a couple college kids. So if you want to do that, you can hit me up. I have like forms you can fill out and stuff and we just run a background check and then you get matched to do online awesome. tutoring. Where, where, where should people go for that? I guess go to my Twitter and message me, Paula Viganalan on Twitter. Cool. That sounds super great. And I mean, I I can't imagine there's honestly any use for Respira because the medical system in the United States is so perfect and so... It's so good. It's so, it's so great. <laughs> it's so good and so affordable. And I've yeah. always just gotten all the help that I need without any issue. Every time I went to the emergency room, they just threw lemons at me and I was like... <laughs> How is this supposed to help? And then they yelled at me to get out. So <laughs> it fixes everything. Take a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> no, that all sounds amazing. Guys, please go uh, volunteer and sign up and do all the things that uh, Pallavi wants you to do. And then as a treat, once you're done with all of that, watch some of Alex's very silly videos. Yeah, just a treat. My, <laughs> my stuff's not so helpful. It's just a treat. It's just a treat. But we all need a treat. Come on. We all need a treat. We all need a treat. <laughs> <laughs> 
we all need a treat and that'll be it for us thank you so much to both of you for being on the show and i hope you have a wonderful weekend thank you 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 too Bad Science is a Seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. And the executive president, Zaphod Beeblebrox, is Brett Kushner. Oh, follow us on Instagram at BadSciencePod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at BadScienceAtSeeker.com. That's BadScienceAtSeeker.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver. But it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>